Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. We have a very, very special guest with us today. We're going to have a lot of fun because we're talking about the habits of success while you're building your team on the way to building wealth. Uh, In other words, how to stop chasing commission checks and start chasing income streams. We've got Matt Aitchison here with us. But before we bring in Matty A, Jeff Cohn. Jeff, what's up, man? (laughs) <laughs> Where'd the myth and the legend go, bro? As we hung out yesterday. I've, I've had enough of you. <laughs> You're like, hey, you didn't hug me goodbye, bro. You're not getting the legend, the myth, and the whatever you used to say. That's right. Hey, I'm super pumped to be here, guys. Matty H. is a good friend of mine. Um, he and I got to spend a very special two weeks in Vietnam uh, amongst a group of about 20 investors and businessmen. And um, I'm reminded of a time, Matty, where you and I were hiking down a mountain that we were on like a 20-mile hike, 15-mile hike, I'm probably puffing. Let's go 50-mile hike. Yeah. some caves. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds good, right? Yeah. And uh, we were talking about our lives and dreams and, like, our aspirations. And obviously, I knew you a long time before that, but I was super pumped to have you today on our podcast. I think I get to also – I'll be a host – I'll be able to be on your podcast. You're going to host me as well here in a couple weeks. Right. Uh, But let's just kick it off and just say welcome, man. I'm super happy to have you. Dude, it's great to be here. It is. Uh, it's always fun getting to spend some time with my my brother from another, all the way out in Omaha. So, I'm representing right. the West Coast. You're representing your end of the country, and it's good. Uh, it's always good to be talking with you, Ben. Cool, man. Looking forward to it. Um, I also had an awesome opportunity to go out and meet Matt in person um, to find out how his operation ran. And Matt will speak to that here in a little bit. But Matt has a very successful flipping business and rental acquisition business. And uh, my partner and I, a year ago, were wanting to learn from some of the best in the country. And we got to spend a few days in Sacramento. Uh, and we went from doing maybe 10 deals that year, Matt, to taking a lot of the advice you shared with us, implementing here in Omaha. This year, we'll end up doing over 50 so we like 5X star business within 12 months from a lot of the things you taught us. So thanks again to that, man. It's awesome. Pleasure, brother. It was great having you guys out here. It was awesome. We're going to come back out. We're planning another trip. <laughs> Round two. Round and, two, uh, baby. Yep. I'm super excited on today's topic. You know, a lot of people wonder how these topics get created. And usually they're created by demand. Um, whatever questions are popping up on social media or the topic that people are talking about, we try to speak on the same thing and bring high level content. The really interesting thing about Matt is Matt also has a podcast uh, where he interviews tons of different successful people in different industries. And the focus of his podcast, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, is wealth creation. And today I wanted to talk about um, habits of highly successful individuals, which makes me think of Stephen R. Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. What I found and I know what Matt has found is that there's people that perform at a high level, they, many of them share similar patterns in their lives. And Matt and I are both associated with a group called GoBundance, which is a mass, uh, ultimately a large mastermind brotherhood, if you will, with people that share advice. Um, it kind of goes along the lines of what you may, might learn if you read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. 
Uh, but Matt, I wanted to talk about kind of some of those things today a little bit and kind of get from you um, an idea of what patterns you've seen in the people that you've interviewed. And you and I can kind of take turns sharing different patterns that we've seen. But the focus for you guys that are listening in our audience that want to hang around here with us for the next 45 minutes is do you want to learn what the top people are doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to help change their lives and scale in ways you have never maybe considered for yourself, not only in wealth creation, but also in the way you lead and live your life so that you don't have regrets when it's your dying day. So Maddie, kick it off, man. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's interesting that you, you bring that up because you know, I, when I think of wealth building, one of the reasons why I started my podcast was just pure labor of love, man. You know, it's uh, there's so many missing conversations that people aren't exposed to. And when I got into the mastermind group that we're in, um, you know, creating wealth was, uh, you know, one of those leading kind of, you know, leading indicators for success for us. And yet when I got in some of these conversations, I mean, my mind was blown that, um, you know, it wasn't always all about making money and really it was about kind of living like a whole life millionaire. Right. So not just being financially abundant, it was, and bankrupt in your, your health or bankrupt in your relationships, bankrupt in giving back to people, bankrupt in travel and fun and whatever it may be. And so, you know, when I started getting into some of these conversations, which, you know, I'm a big believer, we grow into the conversations around us. Um, I realized that if me, someone who is constantly seeking this information, didn't, you know, really have access to it before now, then how many other people who don't, have access to this information, um, need it and how could it impact their lives? So that's why I started the show and I started, you know, geeking out and studying all kinds of millionaires from all industries, from all walks of life and different stages of life. And, you know, I started to see some trends and some things coming up, but when I started studying just wealth in general, and, and here I want to preface that everybody has a different definition of wealth, right? If you've seen the, the documentary, um, happy, right? There's people that are completely dirt poor living in third world countries that are absolutely ecstatic, fulfilled, you know, stoked on life. And then there's people in, you know, America that are freaking, you know, billionaires and they're miserable. And so for me, I went on this quest, this personal journey of what is my definition of wealth and what can I learn from other people? Cause I've never been the fastest, never been the smartest, never been the strongest, but I'm really damn good at figuring out what other people are doing that works well and then applying it to my own life. So, you know, based on what we talk about today, I just want to preface that, you know, take what you think will serve you and your goals and your definition that are in alignment with your definition of wealth and, you know, fulfillment and, and leave the rest out, you know? Um, but when I started studying wealth, I started seeing that, you know, there's approximately, let's say about 325 million people in the U S and, the bottom third of America has a negative net worth. So, you know, not only living paycheck to paycheck, but in extreme amounts of debt. Right. And, and that, that kind of, that, that was surprising to me, but it was also sad, you know, and then looking at the middle third of America, they had a net worth of only $3,500. So not necessarily $3,500 in their bank account, but maybe they owned an asset, a car, a house or whatever that had $3,500 worth of value. Then the top 10% of Americans had about $350,000 of net worth. And the top 1% of Americans had about $1.2 million in net worth. And so that 
those stats alone were just staggering to me. I mean, and, and so I said, okay, you know, I want to get access to the people that are at that top 1% because there may be only a few degrees of separation that, you know, separate the person who's on the bottom third of that rung and the person who's on the top 1% of that rung. And so when I started studying, like I had mentioned, a lot of these people, because, you know, I'm, I'm a student of life. I'm always looking for my next teacher, whether that's, you know, the bum on the street, the janitor in the building, the CEO, you know, top CEO in my city. Um, I know that there's something we can all learn from these individuals. And so when I started studying a lot of these people, I started realizing that, you know, there were some trends and there were some things that, you know, these people were doing. First, it started with the mindset, right? They all had specific beliefs that really serve them in their journey to creating wealth. And, you know, I think you, we've all heard of there's the, you know, top uh, there's those overnight success stories, right? Well, really behind the success story is 10, 15, 20, 30 years of just grind and hard work. And when I think about what success or wealth usually comes from, it's small, smart, consistent choices made over an extended period of time. If you make small choices intelligently every single day, be 1% better every single day and strive to improve yourself every single day. And you make that over a long period of time. There's really no way you're not going to win over the long term. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, we've all seen those crazy graphs of this is what entrepreneurship or success looks like. But at the end of the day, you know, if you keep taking the steps forward, you're going to get to where you're looking to go. It might be, you know, a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, depending on your resources, your environment, whatever it may be. Right. But at the end of the day, let me cut you off real quick. Yeah. Maddie, I totally agree 100% everything you're saying. Um, one of the things I've seen as a trend is with the people I've interviewed is everyone likes to talk about the big game they play. Mm. Everyone brags about that. No one brags about all the work that they had to put in to get to that point. And we used to assume, I assumed, I won't speak for you, when I was younger and I saw people play at a big level, successful in my eyes, based on the perception I, was, I grew up with, I thought that they got there. A lot of times I made excuses for why I didn't think maybe I'd get there and why they were there. Like, oh, well, their parents gave them the business or, you know, because they were rich, they got better schooling and that's why they're successful. But what I've seen now as I've opened up the hood, metaphorically, and looked into a lot of these people's successful businesses, they worked their asses off. They, they were willing to make the sacrifices that most people around them weren't willing to make. They were willing to work harder. And that's one of the habits. You've made a great point. Small things consistently over time. Consistency is the number one response I give people when they say, hey, I want to be successful. What do I need to do? Be, choose a path and be consistent at it. Most people just simply aren't consistent. They well, that's, they quit. that's the hardest thing though, right? If you think about it, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? Jeff Bezos puts his pants on just the way you and I do, right? Sarah Blakely of hey. Spanx, she, you know, she eats, you know, probably the same kind of regiment that, that we do, right? But there's probably small little tweaks that these individuals are doing. And what it often comes down to is the grit. You know, I was, um, I've been fortunate enough to be around people like you having dinner with, you know, Jeff Hoffman, billionaire founder of Priceline. I've been surrounded by some amazing people and exposed to some amazing people. And, you know, I'm always trying to ask as many great questions as I can, because if you think about mentorship or you think about books, you think about mastermind groups, you think about podcasts like this, these are some of the greatest life and or business hacks that you can ever tap into, right? You can shorten your learning curve. You can avoid mistakes that you might make otherwise. And you can really plug into networks that leap, you know, help you leapfrog um, well, well, most people just, it takes them a lot longer, right? 
They, so, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together. So surround yourself with those people. I'll be, I'll be honest and admit in a true, um, uh, what's the word? Just transparent way. The first, when I first joined GoBundance, Matt, I was jealous of all the attention. A lot of the guys in GoBundance, a lot of the older gentlemen that were more successful, I say older, hope I'm not offending anyone in the group, <laughs> but I was jealous because I was young. I was pretty young when I joined GoBundance. I was 31, but Matt was like 27, 28. And I'm like, why is he getting so much attention? And he and I had talked like a year before that. But I was like, man, I want to be the one that everybody's like, wow, Jeff Cohn, he's amazing. But instead of being jealous and thinking ill of you, I just wanted to become your best friend. So you didn't even know I probably did that. But I'm like, I want to get to know this Maddie guy. Everyone says he's so great and he's going to become this kingpin. I want to know this guy. And we become great friends. And that was an intentional choice I made. And one of the patterns I see in successful people is instead of being jealous of other people's success, they say, I want to endear myself to that person. I want to become friends with that person. And I want to have the same results in my life that that person has had. And it's just a total different mind shift. Well, I, I will say my head got slightly bigger that you just said you were jealous of me for like two seconds. That just made my whole day. <laughs> but, um, there you, you go, know, it, it's, it's, and it's true, you know, and I, I think of, um, and thank you for that because your friendship means the world to me. I mean, you've added so much value to me and, you know, I look at you as a mentor and I look at you as an amazing friend and we've had some pretty intense, deep conversations that have completely shifted my world and set me on a completely new trajectory that I would have never had if I didn't have that relationship with you. And I can, and I can really pinpoint a lot of my successes and my growth to those moments and those kinds of people that I surround myself wow. with. And so, you know, I look at, uh, one of the conversations I had with Jeff Hoffman is, um, and Jeff Hoffman, if you, you don't know who he is, he's the, you know, the founder of priceline.com multi-billion dollar exit. And this guy just goes around and um, he's connected with some of the most amazing people you'll ever, you know, I mean, and we're talking about, you know, massive names, Justin Timberlake, he toured with NSYNC, he was, you know, uh, he's in a promotions company, he's an owner in a pro promotions company, so he was, you know, he's best friends with Evander Holyfield, stuff like that, so anyways, he was over dinner one night, he's talking about this one story where he is going over to my, um, he's going over to Evander Holyfield's house, and uh, this was like a week and a half before his second heavyweight title fight with Mike Tyson, the fight where he got his ear bit off. And um, he goes over to, you know, Vander Holyfield's massive mansion, and he's supposed to be having a meeting with him about something, right? And Vander Holyfield's right in the middle of a training session, and he go, uh, Vander Holyfield calls him over. He goes, hey, Jeff, come here, man. I, ne I need you to spot me. So he's doing some crazy, you know, exercise and, and workout. And it's like something insane, like four sets of 500 reps where it's like for you and I, it's like four sets of 12 would destroy us. Right. <laughs> so he's doing these sets and he gets to the fifth set. And by that time, Jeff said, he's like, you know, he's kind of over spotting them. And he's like, okay, I need to get to business. I want to talk to this guy about whatever he came here to talk about. And he gets to like 495. And he kind of said he loses count a little bit. And then he gets, you know, he goes, okay, that's 500. And, and uh, Holyfield looks up at him and he goes, was that 500? Or was that 499? And he goes, dude, it doesn't matter. Like you just did five sets of, you know, 500. You're insane anyways. Like it's, it's all good, right? He's like, come on, let's go. And uh, Holyfield pumps out like five more just to be safe. He gets up and he gets in Jeff's face. And he says with like this dead stare in his eyes, he goes, if you're going to be in my world, you need to have the gold medal standard. He's like, dude, you just had, you just, you just did this insane workout. And he's like, 
Well, the difference between 499 and 500 is that could be the difference between me holding that championship belt around my waist and not. And he goes, and, and Jeff said, and I, t- I took that and it hit me. And, and, it, and it really, you look at Michael Phelps, you look at all of the top performers, whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, these people have the gold medal standard where they go the extra mile and then some in every area of their life, right? There is, they have the discipline and the grit to do the things that other people just aren't willing to do. And they do it consistently day in and day out. And that's often what separates just that one degree of separation from being in potentially the bottom one third of the wealth generators and the top 1% of wealth generators. So I always think of, you know, if I'm doing what I'm doing, am I doing it to a gold medal standard today? And it kind of, it kind of ties in the same thing with, uh, if you've ever read Jesse Itzler's book, living with a seal, he talks about the 40%, he talks about the 40% rule, right? And that hit me when I read that, not only was I laughing my ass off through that book, cause I've, I've never read a book where I laughed so much. It was well-written, but at the same time, you know, that 40% rule, right in, in Navy SEAL training, they push you mentally and physically to your limits. And they often say, Hey, ringing the bell, right? That's like waving the white flag. I'm giving up. I'm at my, you know, I'm at my end. I can't go anymore. And what they found in that study was the people who were ringing the bell and saying, I'm done. Their brain was telling them or their body was telling them I am done. They pushed them another 60% than what they actually thought they had in them. So what does that tell us? It tells us that oftentimes we quit way too soon. We give in way too soon. And so all the people that I've interviewed, they understand that. And now our brain is going to consciously tell us, stop, dude, you need to stop. Right. But at the end of the day, if we can truly understand that, okay, my brain is telling me this, but I know I have more in the tank. I know I can do one more call. I know I can do one more hour in the office. I know I can do one more whatever. That could be the difference between you getting a listing, between you making a million bucks, between you having a life-changing relationship or experience, whatever it may be. So that's one thing that always stands out to me amongst top performers. That's awesome. That's a great recommendation. It's an awesome book. I listened to that book on audio while I worked out. I've listened through it three times. Uh, for those that haven't gotten it, it's what is it again? Life with a seal living like with a seal, Sizzler. living with a seal. That's right. That's like 20 bucks on Amazon. I got, I got that. That book's amazing. Matt Johnson. Have you listened to that yet? Uh, or, or I know, I've, I've listened oh. to Jesse uh, interview. I think Lewis Howes interviewed him. So I know the gist of the yeah. book, but I hadn't picked up the book yet. He, he invented Zico juice. I think it's called the uh, coconut water. And then his that- wife, he married the gal that started Spanx. Yeah, and he, he uh, net, didn't he start net jets or something like that? Net jets. He's, he net started jets. marquee jets. Yep. Yeah, marquee jets. jets. That's right. Yep. yep. Yeah, crazy. Cool. <clears throat> yep. So, so as you a- look at these patterns, yep. You know, we can all come up with a lot of patterns. We'll keep on bringing up additional patterns. I wanted to mention. It's funny. In on Monday, I lead our team's accountability meeting. We have about fifty agents now, and the room continues to get bigger. And one of the things I talked about was that sometimes as we approach the fourth quarter, some people are looking back on their year with some regrets. You know, did I make enough calls? Did I take enough listings? Did I work hard enough? And I talked about how the people that perform at a high level have a little bit of crazy is what I call it. And the only reason it's crazy is because we're performing beyond everyone else around us. And this goes along the lines of kind of what you talked about with the boxing scenario, you know, analogy with that workout, the gold medal standard, if you will. And the problem is, is we perform at the level that we've seen others perform at. So if you're playing in an arena with people that don't play at a high level, you're not going to perform at a high level, even if you're at the top of that arena, 
You're not playing at enough big enough level. So in sports, you've got to go to the next level. You got minor leagues, major leagues. There's a lot of analogies you can create around sports. But in business, I think it's a challenge. I think a lot of us live on an island, so to speak. You're at your brokerage. Maybe you're outperforming everyone at your brokerage. Are you outperforming everyone in your city, in your state, in the country, the brokerage across? I mean, if you want to keep you know, scaling your business, who are you comparing yourself to? And I think that a lot of agents aren't willing to experience enough pain. People in general in businesses, not only in their money creation or wealth creation, but also in their relationships, spirituality, charitable contributions, like you talked about earlier, Matt, uh, physical well-being. People don't want pain. We always are taking the route of least resistance. You know, you hear the radio constantly. I hate it when I hear people say, oh, it's Friday. I'm so excited. It's Friday. And then Monday comes like, oh, another Monday. Who approaches life that way? You know, you talk about the people you don't want to stop, you know, associate yourself with. I can't handle being around people like, oh, another Monday. I'm like, get out of my office. Like no one on my team is allowed to say that sentence. Well, and when you act on Mondays, when you think about, you know, a lot of the people in our network now, there is no work week, really. I mean, it is. Right. They, we've all designed our life and our businesses to be one and the same. And, you know, if you think about it, at the end of the day, I mean, our, we all have challenges. We all have struggles. We all have problems. They're just different level problems. But our struggles determine our successes, right? Our problems often birth our happiness with just slightly, you know, more upgraded problems. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you're constantly striving for more, there's still going to be the pain. You just have to train and reprogram your mind how you engage and move through the pain. Because, yep. you know, what you said, same thing, like birds of a feather flock together. We've all heard your network equals your net worth. I mean, it's extremely true. I know that when I was hanging around in high school, because I got expelled from high school, I got arrested in college, I, I made some poor choices when I was younger. And I, I think about, you know, what were some of the biggest things that, you, you know, changed that point in my life or what took my real estate team or my investing business to the next level? Well, it was when I changed my environment and it's when I changed my tribe. And I still love and respect and hang out with the people that I may have been doing the things that necessarily weren't going to get me to the next level, but I just know when to engage and where to participate with those individuals. Like I think about if you're hanging around nine other alcoholics, you're going to be the 10th alcoholic. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? You're just going to get grinded down over time. But if you're hanging around nine other millionaires who are doing amazing things, living life at a high level, you know, contributing at a high level and constantly striving for more, you're naturally just going to be injected with that kind of energy, that kind of environment, and you're going to become the tenth individual and product of that yep. environment, right? Yep. So it's it's yep. it's the same. It really is a big, big part of I would say, at least speaking on my own, my success has been absolutely continuing to level up in my tribe and continuing to level up and protect my environment because that is huge. I mean, that's and I notice when they're off, and I'm sure most people can relate to that. Yep, that's awesome. I like how you said your net worth is usually an accumulation of your net work. Um, for those listening, we always like to, instead of always talking on things that are not tangible, we like to make sure at the end of the podcast there's actual actionables that someone could go and do so that they can have some of the results of the things we talk about today. So the network comment was a great one. Um, I want to share an experience I had when I first got licensed. Instead of deciding I was going to figure out how to become a great real estate agent, I interviewed the top 10 agents in my own marketplace. When I decided I wanted to build a real estate team, I interviewed the top 10 real estate teams in the country. Uh, when I decided I wanted to invest in real estate, I visited the top five real estate investors in the country. 
So you get to choose to build that network. And what I found is highly successful people are usually willing to share how they got to success. So in your own local marketplace, for every person listening to the podcast that wants to play at a higher level, invite the top five agents or the five agents you think could help teach you to do the things you're wanting to do to a mastermind group. Start a group once a month. Go meet for breakfast for one hour. I guarantee half the people you invite to go will go. Let them know your intention isn't to recruit them or sell them something. You simply are lonely on an island, and you're assuming they are probably too, and you think it'd be fun to share ideas and help each other excel. Building those little pods will build not only you know business relationships, but you'll build friendships that will last a lifetime. And that's a lot like what Matt and I have done through this affiliation of the group GoBundance. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's such a huge part. You know, I, I, I really think that, um, and the great thing about, you know, groups and communities and stuff like that too, is obviously the cross pollination of wisdom, the cross pollination of tools and resources, the cross pollination of opportunities. But at the same time, it also forces you to level up as a leader, right? If you're hanging around nine other millionaires or nine other of the top real estate agents in the country, and you're not striving to be better every day, and you're not striving to add more value every day. I was joking around my, with my friends, slow people get left, right? If I'm going at, if, I, if I'm going at, if I'm going at a hundred miles an hour and you're only, you know, toting along at 15, I love you. This is where I'm going. If you want to keep up with me, you're more than welcome to ride along. Yep. But if you're not willing to do that, then that's your choice, right? And and so I think oftentimes we play down to, you know, make other people feel good instead of playing up and setting a standard and helping them rise to the occasion. And, you know, I've heard Gary Keller say this. I've heard a handful of people say it in different ways. But, you know, I always say that I am a loving human being, but my standards are not. And I've gotten very, very clear on what I am willing to, you know, sacrifice and not sacrifice anymore. And now that I'm very clear on what my goals are and where I'm going and most importantly, who I'm serving and my why, which is my family and my children and the legacy I leave behind. And then all of the other people that I believe that I can impact in this process so they can have a ripple impact in their communities and in their businesses and in their world. That is what drives me every day. And so when I play down to the mediocrity of where the majority of the world lives, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I choose something different. That's when, if you start sacrificing that, that's when you're in trouble. Awesome. I love it. So what are some tangibles that our audiences can take away of things that they can do to play at a higher level that you've seen other high-level individuals do at a, on a consistent basis, on a daily basis? One of the things I'll, I'll bring, and then Matt, you can give me your advice, is reading. So I think Gary mentioned the one thing, the difference between you and me are the books that you read and the people you meet. And I like to add to that, the podcasts you listen to. Yeah. And so filling your mind with more information, things that are going to help you be better, not just in business, but in life. Um, The reading piece is huge. And I can't believe how much time people waste. I'll be sitting at an airport watching people watch movies, you know, play on social media, do whatever. And I'm like, pick up a book, even if it's on your tablet or whatever, read a book, better yourself, do something that's going to help you do better, maybe feel some pain, feel some guilt to help inspire some change in your life. And it does. And it's okay to do entertainment and watch a movie, but mix that in a little bit with, you know, something like a self-help book or something that's going to help your business or your relationship. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so you, you, you hit on, I have kind of a little uh, list of things that, you know, are common millionaire beliefs and common, common millionaire disciplines and habits. So I'll share a handful of them. Interrupt me as, as you yeah. want to, because I'll talk for hours on this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, you, you said one of them, right? Education is the key to anything we want to be, right? So a book, a mastermind group, a peer group, whatever, right? That is our way of accelerating our learning curve or, you know, our success results. Um, another one is accountability, you know, and, 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 and a true accountability partner. Like you could, I could sit here and say, Hey Jeff, you're my buddy. You know, well, I'm going to set this goal. Will you, you know, hold me accountable to this. But if it, if that accountability relationship isn't at a high level where you're going to call me out on my bullshit when I don't do what I say I'm going to do, and there's not something attached to that, then really it's not serving either one of us. We're just getting together and having a conversation, right? So having a great accountability partner or network, uh, you know, I, I often believe that accountability is the breakfast of champions, and I try and serve myself up at least one bowl of it a day, right? It's the same thing Love as it. Wheaties, right? So uh, accountability is a big part of that. The other thing is, yep. you know, this idea behind um, – don't chase money, chase excellence, chase mastery, and the money will then follow whatever it is that you are mastering. So don't go a mile wide like most entrepreneurs do, and I've been guilty of it in many parts of my entrepreneurial journey, is don't go a mile wide and just an inch deep. Go a mile deep, then go, uh, go a mile deep, then an inch wide, right? And then once you master that, then go a little bit further out and then go a little bit further out and you, as you continue to expand. So become a master, right? The, the sensei isn't going to have you try 10,000 moves and only do them three times. The sensei is going to say, you're picking three moves and we're going to do these 10,000 times until you are a master at that. And then we'll add more to your arsenal. So mastery right. is a big one, right? And then the importance of creating other leaders. I often think of the, um, you know, David Osborne has said this, right? Some of the things that he said he's amazing at is I'm great at attracting talent and helping talent thrive to their maximum capacity, right? Taking them to their highest level of production and efficiency. And so great leaders, that's how you often find leverage and they're able to do more things. We only have 24 hours in a day, right? We, we as individuals are not scalable, but people on our team are scalable. That's how we can scale is through systems and through people. And so if you can identify the most important systems in your business and or your life, and you can identify the best talent to bring on your bus and make sure they're sitting on the right seat, that's going to accelerate your ability to succeed at a much higher level. So those are some of the things that initially come to mind. But then there's, you know, there's a lot of disciplines and habits that these individuals practice on a daily basis. One is obviously the 40% rule, right? Then some of the other things that I consistently hear of and see is they're pretty damn good at saying no, right? You always hear a lot of people that are like, say yes to everything and the opportunities will come, which is I think at a point in time, depending on where you're at in your journey, important to be a yes man or a yes woman, um, to be open to opportunities and relationships and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you get on the path that you know you're supposed to be in, then it becomes blinder mode. And the most important priorities in your life and your business are the only things that should matter. And if those aren't in alignment, you know, if it's a, hey, can I sit down with you for coffee? If it's ultimately not going to serve you and your goals, it may sound cold. It may sound harsh, but it should be a no. And, I have to, you know, it's the, the dirty yes versus a clean no. 
and the dirty yes is like, oh, sure, yeah, whatever, right? But then you like you right. go through that meeting, and then you're like, oh, why did I take this meeting? You know, I should be doing this. This is what's going to serve me. Right. So getting really clear on your goals and having clarity gives you the ability to get really clear in what you say yes and what you say no to, right? Because if you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to the other and vice versa. So yep. I've seen those people, you know, be very good at that. They're all very good at acting in spite of fear. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have fear. It shows up every single day. They just get a whole lot better when the butterflies show up, they get them to fly in formation. When the fear shows up, they just get really damn good at running into the fire and knowing that, you know, hey, the jungle out there is a pretty scary place, but I know that when I get to the other side of that jungle, it's going to be, I'm going to have learned so much, I'm going to have grown so much, and I'm sure we can all relate to some experience where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared shitless, dude. I, 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 like, I am freaking out right now. And then when you go through it and you look back, you're like, oh. Actually, wasn't that bad, right? Look, right. Yep. So, so that's that's another one. There's a few others that I'll say is obviously goal setting is extremely important. And I'll say this, you know, because goals and planners and all this stuff is you know the hot kind of craze and trend over the last few years. Writing down your goals is one thing, and it's that's a big part of it, right? But staying in relationship with your goals is a whole nother thing. And I often relate it to a relationship with your wife or with your best friend or, you know, your husband, whatever it may be. If you're in relationship, right, you can still be in close proximity and have those goals. But if you don't talk to your wife, if you don't look at your wife, if you don't engage with your wife for a week, for a month, for a quarter, for a year, but you set the intention at the beginning of the year and you wrote it down, but you don't do any of that afterwards, how is that relationship going to look? Right. Could be pretty shitty. Bad. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to suck. Right. So it's the same thing with your goals. Get in relationship, get intimate with your goals. I look at my goals. I mean, you can see my goals are right here. They sit on my wall. I look at them every morning. I update them. If there's anything I need to update, if there's anything that needs to be put on my calendar to prioritize for the week, it gets put in there because I am in relationship with my goals and it keeps my reticular activating system, the part of my brain that keeps me aware of if there's a goal on there and I wasn't paying attention to it, but all of a sudden a conversation or an opportunity popped up on my plate and I'm not aware of it, I might've missed out on that opportunity to check that, you know, that goal off. So goal setting is extremely important, right? And then some of the other things in the last, <clears throat> excuse me, last few things is routine. You know, we got buddies like Hal Elrod in our mastermind group who created the Miracle Morning and, you know, he's got his own, you know, formula of what uh, a morning routine can look like. I just say identify and track, let's say over two weeks, what your routine looks like. And as you start seeing some of the things that you do throughout the day, you're going to know when you're on fire. And you're going to know when you're kind of not. And so you're going to start seeing trends. And I call it my day, my way, where I can start to formulate my routine to have my day, my way in the way that serves my goals best and the way that really helps me feel fulfilled and the most efficient and productive. So a routine is extremely important. And then just the black belt, black belt mentality is, is having the grit and the discipline to do the things that you just don't want to do. We've heard a lot of people talk about motivation is, you know, BS. And, you know, it, it, the statement is kind of true, right? It's really easy to do things when we're fired up and someone gives us, you know, that jolt of inspiration or the tool or resource we think we've been needing to go out and do what we need to do. But it's the times that we don't want to do the things. That's the black belt. And that's the black belt mentality. Yep. That's the 1% yep. more mindset where yep. you do the things that, you know, when you don't want to do them, they get done anyways. 
Well, and this is why you keep the goals in front of you. You keep your vision board in front of you. You keep your picture of your family in front of you or whatever your the thing that is that motivates you in the times where you want to give up. Um, I like the yes, no. Obviously, Matt's not trying to say he's not going to help people out if it's not going to serve him. He's just going to plan for that. Of course. So he's going to have a certain amount of time on his calendar where he will take the coffee for 15 minutes to give someone advice. When I choose to do that, people are coming to my office. They're going to fit into my schedule when I had an open space in my space. Um, I'm not going to go to them and make a huge sacrifice to help. And I have that happen all the time, right, where someone asks you to, a 20-minute. But the people that – I always have financial planners reaching out. I always have you know, lots of different people in industries that want what I have to offer. And I know that that relationship's not going anywhere. Those people, I say no. You know, I appreciate you reaching out. This isn't a good time. My assistant will say, Jeff appreciates you reaching out. This isn't, you know, something that he's interested in. Please feel free to reach back in the future. And the hope is that they never reach back. There's someone, was yeah. it um, Gary Keller? I think it's Gary Keller says the only time he'll ever take a call or a meeting with someone is if they call him 10 times. So if he gets 10 voicemails, that's the rule that after the 10th voicemail, he'll then take the meeting, which is really interesting. If that person cares enough to meet with me, they better reach out 10 times. To this point, I have not been important enough to get someone to call me 10 <laughs> yeah. times. Usually someone gives up after three voicemails. So that's my goal is to find the person that I can put off 10 times that, that finally I'll go take them out and I'll take them out to a nice steak dinner. So there's an offer to anyone listening in our own local market. <laughs> no, that is that is such a good point, though, you know, because oftentimes I call them assholes, right? They're people who ask for something and they just want to be the energy vampire, the time vampire where they want to, you know, it's, it's a self-serving thing. And the best right. way to, and so oftentimes all of the mentors and the, the people that I've been around who value and protect their time, they have this, you know, little standard, right? Of, you know, for me, it's, it's, I guess I need to raise my bar because for me, it's just like, Hey, I'll tell you to follow up two times. And most people won't even follow up after once. Like, Hey, follow up with me in you know, a couple of weeks on this date and let's see what we can fit in. Right. And 99% of those people don't follow up never show up again. And that protects yep. and saves your time. Right. So I guess I need to raise it to 10. Um, but like that's you, pretty uh, awesome. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Right. But I, I, I completely agree with that. It is, um, it's, it's super important to, you know, make sure that you are, you know, still carving out time to give back. I think of the barrel monkeys, right? If you're familiar with the barrel monkeys, that's a little bit of an older game, but there's the monkey has one arm up. And the monkey has one arm down. And I truly believe that, you know, you always should be reaching up to aspire to be more, live more, do more. But at the end of the day, you should always be looking to pull somebody up with you at the same time. You just have to know how to compartmentalize when and where you do that. And, you know, every single person that I know that I've interviewed, they want to give back. They're just very particular of when and how they do it. Sure. Nope. That's well said. Hey, guys, for anyone listening that's finding value in this podcast, and wants to give Matt a shout out, please review us on whatever medium you're using. So if you're on YouTube, um, if you're on Apple, Stitcher, wherever you are, please go in, give us a five-star review, give us a nice paragraph or two, give a thanks to Matt. Um, Matt Johnson, anything you'd like to share in closing? Uh, no, well, I just wanted to make sure that we give a chance for uh, for Matty A to share where people can connect with him and learn more about the, the six-figure flipping course and all that good stuff. Matty A, how can our listeners support you, brother? 
Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm always on Facebook, so I always love connecting with, you know, people in the community. Um, I have a community called Millionaire in the Making. So anybody that's aspiring to, you know, achieve seven figure wealth, but also do it in a way that doesn't neglect all the other areas of your life. Um, we got some amazing people from all around the country doing that. Anybody that's interested in real estate investing, um, I have a six figure flipper course and mastermind community of people all around the country that are learning how to flip houses, buy rentals, you know, really build wealth through real estate. And uh, they can just check that out at uh, the number six figure flipper.com. Um, and I have a free little giveaway talking about, uh, you know, just trying to add value. Um, if somebody texts the word mentors to four, four, two, 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 it's a cool little spreadsheet that shows you how basically a step-by-step -step guide of how you can find your next mentor, whether it's, you know, that top level CEO, or it's somebody that you've been wanting to reach out to in a while, it gives you kind of a cool step-by-step -step infographic guide on exactly some strategic ways, some value added ways that you can actually develop and create some of those relationships. So it's just texting 44222 uh, with the word mentors. Love it. Maddie's one of those guys that's not going to just sit there and try to upsell you. He's a huge value add. He's not going to charge up front. You're going to get a lot of value through his podcast and be affiliated with him. And if you see value there and he's doing things that you want to be associated with, there is going to be an opportunity to enter into his program. I think, Maddie, you're doing workshops. Are you guys doing workshops yet? Uh, we're not doing We're doing our first uh, live event in 2018, which I'm pretty stoked on. But right now it's uh, it's all virtual course. Go at your own pace. And then there's awesome. the, you know, the opportunity to be in the mastermind group where we have people like you and other uh, six and seven figure real estate investors from around the country offering their expertise and their value um, yep. for, you know, anybody that's inside our community. Awesome. One of the things we wanted to talk about, we didn't have time. We never have time. We focused our whole podcast today on the habits of successful people. We then wanted to segue into how those successful people invest to actually build true wealth. We will be doing that on Maddie Aitchison's podcast in a few weeks from now. So <clears throat> one of the things we'll do, Johnson, is we can share Maddie Aitchison's podcast, um, the one that he interviews me on with our audience. That'll add more value to Maddie as well. And we'll go really deep into how to build wealth and how to invest. And Maddie, we just want really appreciate you taking the time, dude. You gave it everything today. Um, I actually didn't talk very much, which is a rarity for wow. me. And it was very, it was very enjoyable <laughs> to listen. So I know that everyone got a lot of um, great uh, value out of this podcast. And just as a thank you to Maddie Aitchison, guys, please reach out to him. Facebook message him, invite him to be a friend and follow his podcast. I know they do a great job. Brother, right. it was a pleasure being on, man. Thank you guys for having me. I always love hanging out with you guys. That's always fun. And, uh, and your community is awesome. The, the show is awesome. And I just, I love all the value you guys are adding. So it was, it was an honor. Thank you. Thanks, man. Right. Take it easy. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>